from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. On this episode of Newt's World, I'm joined by members of my Inner Circle Club, for a fascinating conversation about a wide range of issues and topics on their minds. We hold these regular video conference calls so that we can have an honest discussion about what is happening in America today. I find it extraordinarily helpful to me personally in helping think through the issues that are facing us. So I hope you'll find this episode of Newt's World informative. And if you'd like to become a member of my Inner Circle Club, please go to newtsinnercircle.com and sign up for a one- or two-year membership today. A couple of just general thoughts. Obviously, we have to talk briefly about Justice Breyer and the Supreme Court, but I thought the most interesting thing I ran across today was a Fox and Friends piece on shrinkflation. It was based on the idea that there are prices that stay the same, but the amount you get goes down. So they were showing, for example, a box of family size cereal, which is now going for the same amount of money. But by the way, it has one serving of cereal less than they used to have. They also showed a Chobani yogurt, which now has about 10% less yogurt than it used to have. The same price, but you're not getting as much. So actually the price has gone up by definition. And it's just one of the reactions to the Biden inflation process, along with the logistics supply chain mess. That was the most interesting thing I saw today. On Justice Breyer, I may be a little different than a lot of people. I just did Larry Kudlow's show, and I like Larry very much. 
but he was off on this whole notion that it was somehow inappropriate to try to find a black woman per se. I would say it's not inappropriate to say as long as there is a highly qualified federal judge who happens to also be a black woman, that that's perfectly legitimate. The court has changed over time. Originally was white Protestant men, then gradually began to include Jews and Catholics, then began to include women, led, by the way, by Ronald Reagan, who appointed the first female justice. And these processes go on over time. And I think that trying to find somebody who meets the political needs of his coalition is what presidents do. Now, the challenge he's got, I think, and the way I put it in a tweet this morning, you have to check first to make sure they're competent, because if they're not competent, I don't care what their background, you can't let them be on a lifetime appointment. Second, I think we should be willing to accept a liberal, but not accept a radical. After all, they won the election. Elections have consequence. Donald Trump proved that when he named three conservatives and changed decisively the makeup of the U.S. Supreme Court, which is now six to three in favor of conservatives. So, you know, Joe Biden legitimately can name a liberal. He did win. That is the broad base. But we don't have to tolerate a radical who would make decisions for the rest of their lifetime that are profoundly opposite of the American tradition. So that's sort of how I would put that. It should concern us, by the way, just looking at the world at large. You had just had a naval demonstration off of Taiwan by two U.S. aircraft carriers and a Japanese aircraft carrier. The Japanese have built what they call destroyer carriers, which are basically large destroyers that have a pretty good size deck to fly F-35s, which are designed specially to take off and land on a very short area. They've now moved those carriers down to the South China Sea, at least the Americans. I'm not sure if the Japanese went. So you have two huge U.S. carriers plus their various supporting ships because those ships never go by themselves. So they have cruisers, they have destroyers, they have submarines, all of them making a demonstration in the area that the Chinese communists would like to claim as their own. Uh, it's got to be a fairly impressive display of strength. At the same time, of course, there are real questions about whether or not we should be reinforcing the Baltic states, Estonia, Latvia, Lithuania, and Poland to signal to the Russians that we're not going to tolerate them moving into NATO. We are apparently sending sophisticated weapons to the Ukrainians. The British and the Americans both, and the Canadians, all three have training units in Ukraine, training the Ukrainian army. They would lose to the Russians over time, but they would probably end up causing a lot of casualties, killing a lot of Russians. So the question for Putin is, now that he's had fun and he's gotten the world's attention, does he really want to engage in a war and face the various economic and other consequences? I think we should not try to get an American force directly engaged. We managed to get through the entire Cold War from 1946 to 1991 and never openly have Americans and Russians killing each other. There were Russian volunteers flying aircraft in the Korean War for North Korea, but we all just ignored it. And there weren't very many of them. And in the end, they didn't matter. But we've never openly had direct confrontation between Russian and American forces. And as the two countries that have 90% of the world's nuclear weapons, I personally think we ought to be very, very careful. I'm all for arming the Ukrainians. 
I'm all for economically punishing Russia if they go into Ukraine. I'm all for continuing to arm Ukrainians if they end up in a guerrilla war. But I don't think I want to see any American troops there. Now, the countries that are in NATO are different. So if you're one of the NATO regime, then I think it's better for us to put troops in early to make it clear to Russia, not that 8,500 American troops, which is the number we're currently talking about, would defeat 125,000 Russian troops. But they are a tripwire that says we're serious and we're going to be there. The last comment I'll make is the recent Gallup poll numbers that showed an amazing shift from a nine-point advantage for the Democrats in January to a six-point advantage for the Republicans at the end of the year. It's a 15-point shift in which party you favor generically for Congress, largest shift Gallup's ever seen, and the largest lead the Republicans have had, I think, in modern times. Now, again, one week is a long time in politics. We are a long way from the election. I wouldn't automatically count on a gigantic victory. I think it's overwhelmingly likely that we'll end up with a majority in the Senate and a majority in the House. I think Kevin McCarthy will be speaker, and I think it's likely that Mitch McConnell will be leader. But the size of the majority, if it happened today, it would be the largest increase since the election of 1920. So, you know, you start getting changes you haven't seen in 100 years. Something big is going on. I think it's pretty clear cut. Things aren't working. Prices are going up. Two million people have crossed the border illegally. Crime is going up. The various logistics supply chains aren't getting solved, et cetera. Just go down the list. And I think as long as the Democrats are mired down and totally failing to govern, that it's a problem. I did, by the way, a great podcast with Governor Ricketts of Nebraska, who now has a 1.7% unemployment rate, the lowest unemployment rate in history for a state. He has done an amazing job of leading Nebraska. It's a great podcast. You can get it for free. It's at Newt's World, and you can get it through Gingrich 360. So that's a sweeping overview. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Ryan from San Luis Obispo, California, writes, Under Trump, the Republican Party, through its policy on trade and messaging, began to shift in the direction of representing the working American. How will this influence the campaigns in the midterms and in the upcoming presidential election in 24? Oh, I think there'll be a real continued effort on our part to be the party of working Americans and to do the things necessary to ensure that we have jobs in America. Part of it starts with energy. The gasoline prices are as high as they are because the Biden administration is waging war on American energy. Part of it starts with computer chips, where we need to get a bill through the House and Senate to begin to enable us to rebuild our capacity. I was very encouraged that Intel is going to open the largest computer chip factory in the world in Ohio. That's a great step in the right direction. But I think we have to have a goal of insourcing everything that currently is being made in China that in any way affects our national security or affects our ability to do things. When you learn they first gave us COVID and then they sold us the masks made in China so that we're supposed to protect us from COVID. And they're the primary maker of the feedstock for pharmaceuticals. You know, something's just wrong. Those who are interested in going to electric vehicles and have to recognize that right now on a very high percent of the world's batteries and a high percentage of the world's solar power are made in China. So we need to be insourcing those things back into the U.S. if we're serious about it. And of course, the administration just went in the opposite direction by ruling that they could not open a nickel and copper mine in northern Minnesota, which means that we're going to be even more reliant on China for the things you need for batteries. I think a lot of the people who are green don't understand that they're turning the fate of their green movement over to the Chinese communist dictatorship, and that's not a very good place to have it. Good evening, Mr. Speaker. I'm calling from Jasper, Georgia. I'm curious to know your thoughts on whether or not the Russians and the Chinese would collude to launch simultaneous aggression against Ukraine and Taiwan probably after the Olympics, to overwhelm NATO militarily and Biden politically. We know that uh, Putin and Xi Jinping, the Russian and Chinese leaders, spend time together, talk together a lot, have met for long meetings for several days at a time. We know that they have had military exercises together. And in fact, there's a report that the Russians, Chinese and Iranians will be having an exercise in the Persian Gulf. So I think you have to look at all that and conclude 
not necessarily that they are down at a detailed level collaborating, but that certainly they're talking in general terms about how to compete with the United States. And I worry that you could have a simultaneous effort of the Chinese communists against Taiwan and the Russians against Ukraine. And we would be very, very stretched thin to try to deal with that if they both were moving at the same time. So that was a good question. It's an important topic. My name is Mark Rollick. I'm from Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Mr. Speaker, over the past year, we've seen the Democrats, you know, attempt to change the rules in Congress, the rules in the Senate, with what I would consider to be disastrous effects for our country. I'm curious, as we look into maybe regaining control of Congress and the Senate, could we change the rules of the Senate so that something like the filibuster couldn't be changed with a simple majority? Well, no, I don't think you can do that. First of all, I think we should be very grateful that Manchin and Sinema, the two senators from West Virginia and Arizona, blocked the effort to change it. Second, I think that the Republicans have indicated pretty clearly they don't want to change it. I think it's just amazingly stupid, because if we take over, which we probably will in January, if the Democrats had managed to wipe out the filibuster, next year we could run over them all day, every day which is frankly bad government. Now, the House is a different problem. Pelosi's tried to create what is an effective dictatorship. And I think they've got to go through a great deal of change in the House to get it back to the way it's supposed to operate in terms of the Constitution. But the Senate's not in that bad a shape yet. And that's partly because Manchin and Cinema were not willing to go along. And it's amazing. I think there are 35 Democratic senators who had signed a letter defending the filibuster when Trump was president, and all 35 have sold out. It's a remarkable example of short-sightedness. And if they got their way, they would deeply regret it by the spring of 2023. Thank you. Good evening, everyone. Mr. Speaker, I'm originally from New York City, but now I'm living in the land of the free, the state of Florida. And my question to you, Mr. Speaker, is, would you rule out the possibility of serving as the 2024 presidential nominee's running mate or otherwise serving in the cabinet? Well, the first one's easy. You know what? He's going to pick me to be the running mate. And I probably would not accept a cabinet job unless there was some extraordinary reason to. I think that I do make a contribution to the policy. I'm happy to advise cabinet officers in the George W. Bush period. I spent six years advising Rumsfeld at the Defense Department. I spent about the same time advising Tommy Thompson at Health and Human Services. And I'm very willing to be involved on the idea end, but I don't have any great interest in actually trying to run one of the departments. But I appreciate and I'm flattered by your comments. And it's nice to have friends who have big ideas, but sometimes, you know, I think I'm probably just going to write books and do podcast and hang out with you guys on the inner circle. Good afternoon. I'm Randy Nichols. I'm calling from Birmingham, Alabama. Mr. Speaker, I'm curious whether you think Vice President Harris will be among those considered for the vacancy on the Supreme Court. Some have speculated that might be a mechanism to shift someone the Democrats think are more electable into the vice presidential slot. Thank you for your time. I saw a lot of emails today talking about this, speculating about it. I think it's very unlikely. First of all, she was not a very good candidate for president. 
Uh, she has been a bad vice president. I don't think she could get approved. She's not exactly a great lawyer. And I think that the reality is that she would be very embarrassed by the kind of question. If you go back and you look at the three Trump nominees and what they went through, and you realize, I mean, even if you're not hostile, you're going to ask tough questions. And you're going to expect the person to know something about the law. And the fact is that I don't think she knows very much at all. So I think this would be a very difficult thing to do. Plus, if she were appointed, this gets very complicated. In order to replace the vice president, which you can do under the 25th Amendment, in order to replace the vice president, you have to have both the House and the Senate by majority vote agree to the new person. Well, that means if she steps down to go to the Supreme Court, they're at 50-50 and they don't have a tiebreaker in the Senate. So they can't get anybody approved. It would be a total mess. I can understand why people would like to find some way to get rid of her. But I think we are stuck with her through the end of Biden's first and only term. My name is Charles Kilmer, currently from Leesburg, Virginia. My question is, Elon Musk formed a company called Ad Astra to teach his kids. That company then went on to teach the children of SpaceX employees. Now it's open to the general public. Question is, would you think it a good idea to run some state or federal programs in select counties in, say, Texas or Florida and Virginia using Musk educational programs? Well, I actually have never looked at it. In fact, you now have me looking at a whole new topic I've got to go do research on. I have enormous respect for Musk. He's an amazing entrepreneurial character. He has done extraordinarily well. And I think by some standards is the richest man in the world. So it's at least worth looking at. But I frankly had never thought about it till just now. So I'll try to report back the next time we have one of these calls and let you know what I learned. It's a great idea well worth exploring, and I'm going to go take a look at it. Mr. Speaker, I was originally from Maryland. I'm now in Anderson, South Carolina, near the mountains. Love it. My question is, why do you support the United States helping Ukraine protect its borders? And also, does the United States want Ukraine to be part of NATO? It's a good question. Let me say, first of all, I think the Mexican border is a lot more important to the United States than the Ukrainian border. And I wish we would get serious about taking care of the American border with Mexico. I recently did a podcast with the mayor of Yuma, who had announced an emergency because they had a 2,500% increase in the number of people crossing the border at Yuma. So while I'm concerned about Ukraine, and I think that there are very practical historical reasons to avoid Ukraine being occupied or invaded by Russia, which relate to the whole balance of power worldwide and whether or not big countries are allowed to go gobble up smaller countries. I think that we ought to start with a recognition that we have a lot of other interests than just Ukraine. At the same time, I would not want to put Ukraine in NATO at the present time because it would be a direct threat to Moscow and would almost guarantee that Putin would go to war. At one time, I actually thought we should try to explore a better relationship with Russia. But we need to recognize two really big things about Putin. One, he is a KGB-trained, ideologically Russian imperialist 
who really does want to reestablish the Soviet empire. He desperately means this. He sees us as the main enemy. And therefore, I don't think we can find a very good way to deal with him. And then second, I think we have to recognize that while we want to protect Ukraine's ability to stay independent, we don't want to do so in a way which gets us involved directly in a major war with Russia, if it's at all possible to avoid it. But I do think both with Taiwan and with Ukraine, that there's a great deal about the future of the world that hinges on our ability to make sure that neither Taiwan nor Ukraine gets run over by the neighborhood dictatorship. And I think that that's important to set up other things, because if, in fact, Russia could seize Ukraine with impunity, or if communist China could seize Taiwan with impunity, that would have implications for the future that would be very, very dangerous in my judgment and would potentially set off a whole series of problems, including breaking up NATO, having Germany potentially ally itself with Russia, and a variety of things which would be very bad for the United States. But thank you. Let me mention to all of you, we have a website now, AmericanMajorityProject.com. It has an enormous amount of polling data and focus group data, and I encourage you to go look at it. And if you find these kind of conversations useful, tell your friends. We'd love to have folks who join us at the Inner Circle. And as you just saw with the question about education, I learn stuff every time we do one of these. So it's very helpful to me too. So thank you very much. Thank you for listening. And thank you to members of my Inner Circle Club. And if you'd like to become a member, please go to newtsinnercircle.com and sign up for a one or two year membership today. Newt's World is produced by Gingrich 360 and iHeartMedia. Our executive producer is Garnsey Sloan. Our producer is Rebecca Howell, and our researcher is Rachel Peterson. The artwork for the show was created by Steve Penley. Special thanks to the team at Gingrich 360. If you've been enjoying Newt's World, I hope you'll go to Apple Podcasts and both rate us with five stars and give us a review so others can learn what it's all about. Right now, Listeners of Newt's World can sign up for my three free weekly columns at gingrich360.com slash newsletter. I'm Newt Gingrich. This is Newt's World. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.